Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two, now streaming only on Disney+. How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? Um, that you know that was tanking in its finest form. I mean, I, I don't think you could possibly get a result out of a game that is more tanky than the one we just saw. Your Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of three to two to the Tampa Bay Lightning on home ice. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes on the Prize. I am Matt Drake and uh, I'm not that pissed off. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I would be if this was like, if they were if they're doing well this season and they uh, they were actually pushing for the playoffs, that, that would be a rough loss to take. But uh, they're not. So, you know, losing that game doesn't hurt too much but it does it it does hurt because that was one of the better games they've played and they managed to play it with like a a largely AHL roster like they got so many people injured right now um that that, you know they're 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 in tough and they actually did really well against a lightning team that's near the the top of the division so I mean kudos to them I mean they they fought That that was a good game um, it, it started out right away with the Habs kind of controlling the play. I mean, they were out shooting the Lightning, out chancing the Lightning. <clears throat> Ten minutes into the game, shots were six to three in favor of the Habs. And then, of course, Kale Clegg, playing his first game as a Montreal Canadian after being picked up on waivers, gives the puck away. He's behind his net, tries to pass it out or tries to shoot it out. I guess I'm not sure what he was doing, uh, but he didn't get all of it and put it right on the stick of Pat Maroon, who puts it in the net, and it's one nothing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is how the first period would end, but the Habs played a pretty good first period, and they carried that into the second. About five minutes into the second, they get an absurd goal. Nick Suzuki and Jonathan Drouin, uh, they execute his own entry together. Drouin throws it across to David Savard, who has the clumsiest-looking dangle I've ever seen to get through the D, Uh, but he gets through. Uh, throws it out back in front to Nick Suzuki, goes off his leg, bangs it in, 1-1, and we're cooking. A few minutes later, Nick Suzuki wins a draw straight back to Mike Hoffman, immediately takes a shot. It went off Jonathan Drouin's foot, uh, and they initially credited it to Mike Hoffman. And as far as I know, uh, it's still credited to Mike Hoffman. Uh, Last I checked, they haven't changed it, but it looked like it went off Drouin's foot. So it really should have been his, but, I mean, who cares? We're up 2-1, feeling great. 
we got a chance at beating the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? Haven't done that since uh, we did it uh, one time during the Stanley Cup Finals last summer. Would feel pretty good, wouldn't it? Well, they go into the third period, pretty decent third period from the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, the the Lightning are getting the better of the chances for the most part, uh, which is kind of to be expected. They're the team that's down, and they are pretty good. But, uh, you know, they pull the goalie a little bit early with more than two minutes to go. Um, They get an opportunity. They almost get an empty net goal, but the pass is a little bit too long. And sure as God's got sandals. Pucks goes back down the other way. Steven Stamkos fires a pass across, hits Corey Perry in the leg, goes straight in. That makes it 2-2. And we're like, okay, well, maybe we're going to get some bonus hockey today. Maybe we're going to go back to overtime. Who knows? Maybe we'll even get to see a shootout. Get to have a little bit of fun. But uh, very, very fuck that. (laughs) Um, 30 seconds to go in the game. Andre Palat gets sent in alone by Alex Kalorn. He beats Jake Allen, makes it 3-2, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the way it ended. 3-2 for the Lightning. Uh, Montreal loses again. This was really tanking at its finest, wasn't it? I mean, we're, we're talking about 57 minutes and change of pretty good hockey from the Habs. Hockey that realistically should have been enough to get them two points, right? To get them a win. And it wasn't because they, you know, they kind of imploded in the final two minutes and change of the game. I mean, it was, honestly, it was a good game to watch. They, they looked pretty good, especially when you consider how many people were out due to injury. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to get too upset about that because realistically, it was one of their better games recently. So maybe that's the silver lining of the night is that they actually played well for once, right? But actually what I have to do is I, I do have to pick someone to be my silver lining. It's very tempting to go with Nick Suzuki, right? He scored, uh, he got an assist on a goal as well. So, I mean, great game from him, right? How could you not give it to him? Well, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going with Alexander Romanov because what I've been seeing from him lately is it seems like we're seeing some growth from him every single time he steps on the ice. This game against the Lightning, he looked great. He looked fantastic. He only played a little bit more than 10 minutes. And I'm going to tell you why in case you didn't watch the game. Now, if you did watch the game, you already saw this. But he went for a hit towards the end of the second period and kind of missed. Uh, I forget who he was trying to hit, but the guy stopped up, and then he ended up kind of toe-picking him a little bit because he just skated by, basically did a flyby on the hit he was trying to make. So I, I, I don't agree with them making that call, really, because it shouldn't be a penalty. I mean, he's allowed to skate through that ice. The fact that his check stopped up and caused him to you know kind of collide skates, it wasn't a kneeing penalty. Uh, I think they, they called it a trip. Um, but, you know, I, that's a wash, right? I'm not going to get upset at the rest for calling that. I see why they called it. But then what happened is Zach Bogosian decided to be a gigantic fucking baby about it and attack him and try to fight him. So Zach Bogosian throws off the gloves, goes after him. Uh, Romanov doesn't even get his gloves off. But for some reason, the refs call him for uh, the two minutes for the, the trip or whatever. And then they also call him five minutes for fighting which it wasn't a fight. He never even got his gloves off. So I don't know why he had to sit for that long. That was completely stupid from the officials. Uh, Meanwhile, they gave Bogosian uh, a 2 for instigating, uh, a 5, and also a 10 for unsportsmanlike conduct. So obviously, they had pointed out and correctly identified the fact that he was the aggressor and the asshole in that situation, but still, for some reason, decided to give Romanov 5 minutes for fighting. But I digress. It was a great game from him. He was super physical. 
uh, getting involved, moving the puck up the ice. He was uh, right around 50% in terms of possession. Um, looked very good defensively. Uh, looked uh, pretty dangerous offensively. Not super dangerous, but uh, but pretty dangerous. I mean, it was a great game from him. What I'm loving about this and the reason I wanted to make him the silver lining is because I'm seeing growth. I'm seeing improvement from him game after game after game in a very tough season, right? It would be easy for a, a young kid playing defense in the NHL to kind of get down on himself and, and not focus on getting better in a season like this where, where everything is going against the team. Uh, but he's not. He seems to be getting better as the team is is getting worse. Um, I shouldn't say getting worse. That was one of their better games. But as, as the season's getting worse, he seems to be getting better. So that's hugely good news for the Montreal Canadiens because if he takes a big step forward this year, regardless of what happens... Uh, he, you know, legitimately could be coming into his own uh, in a top four position with the Montreal Canadiens at some point. Um, I don't know if he's there yet, but I'm seeing more and more from him every night. And this was another night where he looked great. So uh, I, I got to give it to him. He's your silver lining. More of that from him would be fantastic. Um, should also bring up that uh, my boy, Larry Dolphins, Laurent Dauphin, played his first game for the Montreal Canadiens. He looked pretty good, too. Uh, didn't wasn't a world beater or anything out there, but uh, he looked decent. Um, I, I say we hold on to him. Honestly, I, I was saying in the EOTP chat during the game, I say we put Cedric Paquette on waivers and we keep uh, Larry Dolphins up with the team. Uh, why not, right? Cedric Paquette's not really offering a whole lot for the Montreal Canadiens. Let's find out what we got with Dauphin and, and see because he's having a great year down Laval. Uh, I think he's got 11 goals with the Rocket. So why not see and you know find out? What can he do in the NH- at the NHL level in a bottom six role, right? Who knows? If the injuries keep piling up, he might be pushed into a top six role. But I honestly, after watching that game, I got more confidence in him than I do in Cedric Pocket. I do. It's, it sounds bad, but it, it's just the truth. It's just what I'm thinking. I mean, I, I've been kind of lobbying for him to not be on the team anymore for a bit. Pocket, that is. And, like, you look at uh, the, the penalty kill, for example, right? Uh, he has the worst rate of scoring chances against per 60 of basically anybody on the penalty kill. He's sitting at 66.26 scoring chances against per 60. So that means he would give up more than one scoring chance per minute, that he's on the ice on the penalty kill. He's not a good penalty killer. But for some reason, Dominic Schaum sees it fit to put him out there, trot him out there every single time, send him out on the penalty kill as if he's a penalty kill specialist. He is very not that. He's not good at it. But for some reason, there's this perception that he is, apparently from the coaching staff, and uh, and they continue to use him there. I mean, do what you will. You're, you're the coach, right? You get to make the decisions. But that's not a good one. That's, it's a terrible one, in fact. But... I guess uh, I'm not an NHL coach, am I? So I must not know any better. Mm, but if you if you want a comparison, just for comparison's sake, uh, Alexander Romanov, by the way, uh, 39.5 scoring chances against per 60. So a uh, little more than half of what Pocket gives up when he's on the ice. So uh, go figure. Uh, Romanov, much better at penalty killing than uh, Cedric Pocket. And I should note that in that particular game, uh, Cedric Paquette had about a minute more of time on ice on the penalty kill than Alexander Romanov. So, go figure. 
I wonder why that is. I don't know. Somebody else help me out. Anyways, uh, this was one for the tank. This is one that keeps the tank rolling in the direction of one Shane Wright. Um, it, it is going to be very tough uh, to catch the Arizona Coyotes for last place, I think. But it is still a lottery, right? So if they finish second last, they're still going to have a pretty good chance of maybe jumping the line, uh, getting ahead of Arizona and getting the first pick. And, you know, second pick, stand to get a pretty good player as well. But obviously, you know, the, the pick of the litter, the prize... It is Shane Wright, uh, still. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that uh, I think even though his point totals this season don't scream number one pick, um, you know, if you've seen him play, you know he's got a lot of talent. There's going to be a lot of eyes, uh, Montreal Canadiens fans watching the World Juniors this year to see what he does uh, because he will certainly be in a leadership role for Canada. We also have Caden Gooley who's going to be at the, at the World Juniors, presumably, and might even be the captain of Team Canada. So very much a lot to watch for uh, at the World Juniors if you're a fan of the Montreal Canadiens. But obviously having a good look at Shane Wright as well because they're going to have, it seems, a pretty good chance at getting him. Um, because the injuries, the injury problems aren't getting any better. Uh, Christian Dvorak left that game against the, the Lightning, uh, and he didn't return. So he might be out indefinitely as well. Who knows? Uh, more news on him, I guess, to follow probably t- tomorrow or the day after. Who knows? But point being, uh, you know, this game was uh, tank, tank city, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to having a really good shot in the lottery. So... Uh, <laughs> Keep it going, Habs. Keep it going. Um, at least keep me entertained. You know, this was an, uh, a second game in the row where I, I did find it entertaining. So, uh, you know, at least there's that, right? As long as I can be entertained while I watch them lose, and then hopefully they can go out and get themselves a, a franchise-transforming player. Um, hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're running what? What are we running today? Uh, a little over 13 minutes. So, uh, bye. Uh, we are on Spotify, Megaphone, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Um, we will be back after the next game, which, if I'm not mistaken, is on December 9th, which is, of course, uh, what, Thursday? Is it Thursday? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's this Thursday, December 9th, against the Chicago Blackhawks, who I really want the Habs to beat. Uh, for obvious reasons, I think everybody knows what's going on over there. Fuck the Blackhawks. Uh, I, I don't want to see them win any games, certainly not any against my team. Uh, so uh, absolutely, definitely beat them. We can stop the tank. We can uh, take a little break with the tank. The tank can pull off the, the road for a little bit on the way to Bastogne, and uh, we can hang out, you know, beat the Blackhawks, have a little bit of fun, and then we can get the tank back on the road, uh, send it off in the direction of one Shane Bennett. So thank you, everybody, for listening, uh, and as always, I love you.